Slidell, this is my associate, Bob Porter. Oh, hi, Bob. Bob, pretty much go ahead and grab a seat and join us for a minute or two. You see, what we're actually trying to do here is we're just, we're trying to get a feel for how people spend their day at work. So if you would, would you walk us through a typical day for you? Yeah. Great. Well, I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. Uh, I use the side door. That way Lumberg can't see me. <laughs> and, uh, and after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Tell him but, Space out? Yeah. I just stare at my desk. But it looks like I'm working. I do that for uh, probably another hour after lunch, too. I'd say in a given week, I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. Uh, Peter, would you be a good sport and indulge us and just tell us a little more? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something about TPS reports. You have to go to work? Come on, man. A work day? The PGA does something that hasn't been done in 44 years on tour, and that is go back to back at a tournament at, wait for it, the same course. Before we break down the Workday Charity Open, an extra, extra hello to Canada, hello USA, hello UK, welcome back Australia, hello Germany, Spain, Netherlands, New Zealand, Austria, Ireland. The list goes on and on, and the cut line continues to grow worldwide. Make sure that you take the time to subscribe to the cut line on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you do listen to us. Plus, you can find the cut line on Twitter at TCutline. Fun is winning. Winning is tons of fun and nothing better than Sunday fun day. Now, if you haven't listened to the cut line. What? <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, what a loser. Oh, good. Bunch of losers. 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 I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. Macho Man nothing Randy said, means nothing. Nothing. nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? More. I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. Yes, I Macho am the cream man. that is rising to the top. It is only a matter of time before the cut line takes you to new heights. Now, on the other side of the mic is my man, Mulligan Manafort, Zero Iron Zack, Mai Tai Manafort, the tiger shark swimming, ass kicking, Mustang riding, jet flying, Rolex wearing, son of a gun, the million dollar man, the albatross, the ace, Zack Manafort. You can find Zack on Twitter at EaglesFan83. Zack, how you doing, buddy? Work day. 
aptly named since I go back to full-time work tomorrow. So that's a little depressing, but you know, we have two weeks of repetitive golf, so it should be interesting to see how the course plays out from this week to next week. I'm excited. Um, that's about it. Last week was great. How was your week? Last week was eh, eh, eh. Oh, it was hot fire. Fire. Fuego. Fuego. I mean, Bryson won. We, we, we kind of both had that, and then there was a bunch of other good stuff, but Lano Griffin. Top 25. I just could, I couldn't piece it together right. You know, even with the six of sixes, I couldn't get ones that were high scoring. But it was a, It was a. It was low, low scoring as we thought. I mean, I think, hope, well, this week was supposed to change that, but I don't know how that's going to work out this week. Here, here's the thing. It's like Bryson's swing on that course. Like, you look at his stats, like, you know, tee to green, and he still played well, but his approach game was just so bad. But um, yeah, still won the tournament. Played awesome. His drive, his driving accuracy was forty-two <laughs> percent in the last round. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I, I uh, it's insane driving the ball that far. I, I want to be there and see it. You know, it's one thing to I, see it on yeah. TV and see it on the shot tracker, but I want to be there. I'm with you, hundred percent. I'd love to see. I'd love to see some fans there anyway. Hey, next weekend. That's true. Not this Pretty weekend, close. but next weekend. Hopefully. It's going to be weird watching the same course on TV two weekends in a row, but what are you going to do? Hey, we'll see. All right, we're going to move into our good, bad, and ugly segment where Zach and I look at last week's good, bad, and ugly. No other way to describe that other than the good, the plays that we (laughs) nailed, the bad, the plays that we wish we could take back, and the ugly, the plays that just sank our lineups. Zach, what's your good, man? Uh, Lionel Griffin, I was I was on him for uh, top twenty five as my monster last week, and he looked great all week. I, I was impressed. I, I'm glad I picked him. He felt good. I was confident about him. Finally, he pulled it off. How about you? What was your good? I'm going with Ricky Fowler. Yeah, I mean Ricky Fowler finishing in fourteenth. Uh, uh, I love it, That's man. Pretty solid. Um, That's solid. It, I think he gets suppressed ownership this week because it was really quiet. But uh, most definitely my good right there was Ricky Fowler. I loved the play. He looked great. He looked solid. Uh, I know it was an easier course. Everyone saying blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. But Ricky Fowler man, might be back, baby. All right. Let's see. Um, going to your uh, going to your bad. Uh, yeah, my bad this week. I mean, I had a couple of them, but I think the one that that stings the most. I think I had a lot. I tell a little too much. Jason Day just couldn't just couldn't sneak through the cut. I mean, just missed it by one. I think he may have had a decent showing out if he could have made the weekend, but you know, I had a little bit too much. Okay, not bad. I, I mean, I, I get it. I get the Jason Day play, but I don't think it was that bad of a call. But eh. I just I didn't I didn't think he was gonna miss. I really thought for sure he was gonna get through. I it just it hurt because I had I was overexposed to him at the end. Well, uh, I would say my bad is being underweight on Deshambo. That really? Yeah, I'm surprised. Did you have? Would you go higher on Webb? Uh, I just went higher on on Webb and and I liked Webb's game. It's not that Webb didn't pay off. Well, I guess he didn't pay off finishing no, tied for eighth, off. but um, he was there on Sunday. So it wasn't it wasn't like the end of the world going with Webb, um, but um, I, yeah, underweight on Deshambo. Eventually, he's gonna wear out, man. No, I mean he's off this week, so he's got this week to take off. Right? Oh, I do want to also mention my other good was like the fate of Tony Fino. He only finished tied for fifty third, and I know he had a That's great true. Saturday, 
but um, did not pay off in terms of salary and pricing. So um, I, I'm going to go right into the ugly. Scotty Scheffler, man. Oh, God. I oh, had so awful. much fucking oh, Scotty Scheffler. Like, <laughs> and then just to shoot seven under on freaking Friday, just to say, hey, look, I'm actually really good at golf. This is what I should be doing every freaking day. I'm sorry to burn you this weekend. See you next weekend. And, of course, I'm going to play him. But you know what? That was the ugly for me. Fair enough. It's a good one. You know what my ugly is? Mm. Can you guess? <laughs> You'll never guess it. It's all you motherfuckers that kept saying that the 10Ks were the way to go. I'm telling you, just outside of Bryson, you could have made a better lineup skipping all the 10Ks. Yeah, you could have went with Wolf, Kiz, Danny Willett, Adam Hadwin, and Terrell Hatton. I told Hatton. you. Did... What did I say last week? At, at all the top ten would have been told someone completely outside of the top the top ten k. You did not need. You didn't need it. Webb Simpson almost almost made me a, a non-believer because on Friday I was like, oh god, I'm screwed because he's just sixty four on Friday. I was like, great, it's gonna be Bryson Simpson Fowler, uh, and then they all kind of faded off on the weekend, thankfully. But Bryson won it, and you know. Of all the guys going to my head, I said last week I had to pick. It was going to be Bryson and, and then maybe some Webb. So, no. Otherwise, fade the 10Ks. Last week. This week is a different story. Fade the 10Ks. I, it, it, it made sense. You know, you looked at the weaker field, a weaker course, everything that actually occurs there, and eh. It's like you don't have to be good. You just overpower the course. Get lucky. That's it. There's, there was no, like, hard golf last week. I think this week is a little bit different. Next week will be definitely different, but well, I think your opt your optimal lineup last week was forty four thousand dollars. It's all right. That's insane. I believe it. It's hard to put together. I mean, it's hard to hit that, but I mean, it made sense. I really I wasn't a big fan of of anybody over ten last week, but yeah, I get it. Okay. Well, the cut line is here to bring you in depth analysis of the work. Day Charity Open at Murrayfield Country Club. We're going to do the best we can. Scotty's on fire! Give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside send traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. That's the butt. Mm. Now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lineup in the green, but so is your bankroll. Looking forward to GPP wins. Mula, dinero, cash. But Zach, it's Wednesday night. Lineups lock early Thursday morning. What in the world are you going to be doing? Potentially maybe stripping down naked after having one too many Mai Tais? Cooking some bacon? Is that is that the plan? Bacon is sort of similar to what I'll be doing. I will be out in the in the mountains looking for some wild boar and trying to lasso me me some wild boars. We got about five people going out, and we're just gonna go crazy. Someone's probably gonna die. Like for real? Like for real, for real. Like it's gonna happen. Like you do too many of them. Shit, no one's been out doing it in months because there's been no tourism. There's been there's been wild boars just breeding and breeding and breeding. So it's gonna be interesting. Have you ever done this before? <laughs> so not no, not a chance. <laughs> so what you, 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 I'm, tag, so you, I'm tagging along with somebody who has slight experience with this type of thing. Those those motherfuckers can kill you, dude. Yeah, yeah someone's gonna die for sure, 100. percent Well, there's a position open on the cut line. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna need a new co-host. 
Someone's gonna die. Well, I know what I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna be checking out FanShare Sports. You need leverage. That is a much smarter decision. You need leverage. The best way to do it is FanShare Sports. Our ownership industry. Hey, uh, our. <laughs> The ownership projections are the the most elite in the industry. How do I know this? Because I compile the ownership projections for Fanshare Sports. Mm-hmm. Now, guess what? Fanshare isn't free anymore. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. But to get the best ownership in injury industry, easy fix. Subscribe to Fanshare Sports and the discount code put Cutline and receive twenty percent off your membership. Yeah. Ownership is not. A leverage to be belittled. It's not. This week, we move on to Mirfield Village Golf Club for the PGA Workday Charity Open. Nicholas's hometown course has been the staple on PGA Tour and often ranks in the top 20 most difficult. Past wieners, winners, include Tiger Woods, Justin Rose, Duffner, DeChambeau, Matsuyama, Kucher, some of those guys we won't see here this week, but that's okay. But this course is unique. What are our golfers looking at this week? Oh, baby. So we know that we're going to play back-to-back, so we're going to probably see a little easier version of this course this week and then a little bit harder next week. But nonetheless, we're playing a par 72 course with 7,392 yards, Playing on bench grass greens, as you mentioned, the course is quite difficult. Last year, it ranked 13th out of 49 courses that were graded, uh, coming in about .08 strokes over par. Uh, the greens are incredibly fast, so you want to rank, uh, crank up your green stint meter to 13 plus. 5,000 square foot greens, which are quite small, um, so and they're also quite hard to hit. Uh, greens regulation are 62%, which rank harder than average. The fairways are pretty easy though, so you don't have to worry about that as much. There are quite a few water hazards, 13 total, and play on about 9 holes, and 73 bunkers scattered throughout the course, which makes uh, approaching some of these greens quite difficult. The greens are bent grass with a few that have some poa that creep in, but primarily bent grass, so if you're using that as a, as a, deal, as a tiebreaker, take a look at some bent grass stats. Uh, hole disposition, you know, 10 par 4s, with a lot of them coming in the 450 to 500 range, which is something I'll be creating out. And there's 4 par 5s. Uh, from 527, 563, 567, and 529, which are quite often your scoring opportunities, so take a look at that. Uh, a lot of the time off the tee, you're going to be clubbing down quite a bit in terms of distance. It's only 15th out of the 49 courses, with average drive of only 282, and that's setting up for your second shot. So you're not going to need a ton of distance, but you are going to need some accuracy. But the uh, you know fairways aren't that hard to hit, and it'll probably be pretty easy this week, so I, I don't think that's a big advantage here. Uh, the greens, you know, you're going to have to have an approach game. You're going to be a ball striker. Uh, you're going to need to avoid some of those sand traps around the green. So uh, around the green game, approach, scrambling, uh, all things that I, I think are going to be set you apart from the field here. Uh, the greens aren't that tricky. Uh, top 11 easiest uh, putting services from last year. So if you can get on the green in regulation, they're small. They're pretty easy to putt. So I'm not weighting that as heavily. Uh, last year we saw a lot of wind, uh, which really made the course play a little bit harder than it usually does. This week, we will see what it looks like to be a pretty calm week. Uh, three to nine miles an hour Thursday, about the same on Friday with a small chance of rain in the afternoon and winds picking up to maybe 15 mile per hour gusts. Not enough to make a huge difference, but something to keep an eye on. And then Saturday and Sunday look like beautiful, beautiful golf weather, uh, mid to high 70s, low 80s, and barely any wind. So it should be 
quite the easier course than we're used to, especially if they make it a little bit easier this week. So, you know, I think this is another week where we might see some of those lower tier guys start popping higher scores than they're used to because this, this isn't as difficult as years past. So all that said, what I'm looking at this week is I'm taking a, a major weight on strokes gain, ball striking, GRS gain, par four, 450 to 500, stroke gain approach, good drives, take the combination of accuracy and distance because you're going to need to balance the two on some of these holes, and then strokes gain par five because I want to see those guys that can score on those long par fives and set them apart from the field. Uh, outside of that, uh, I am going to put a lot of weight on history on bent grass uh, courses. And then I'll, I'll take a look at the course history from the past uh, memorial events that are played here as well. Uh, but other than that, I think it's going to be a straightforward week. Uh, I'm not doing anything fancy. How about you? I'm looking at many of the same things that you're looking at. Strokes game tee to green, approach around the green, ball striking, scrambling. One thing I really want to focus on, though, is strokes gained on par fives. Those are your yeah. big scoring holes um, historically. Uh, one thing that people are going to look at in terms of course history is that this tournament's played in May, you know, around Memorial Day weekend, typically. So we're playing True. a different course setup than we than we than we're used to seeing. There's going to be far less water. The greens are going to be very fast. So it'll be interesting how they set this up for this week versus next next week. So. Not quite sure how much historical, you know, weight I'm going to put on the golfers this weekend, but it's still play a factor in terms of if you played here before and the experience of playing here, it's going to be helpful. Um, it's a club down course off the tee, right? So, you, well, yeah, most of the whole thing. yeah. So you're not looking at driver, um, but you still need to be accurate in terms of getting your proper setup to get the proper approach shot. You don't want to be on the wrong side of the fairway, and plus. There's a lot of blow-up potential here. Oh, yeah. 13 holes have water? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Nine of them play. Yep. I, I mean, that that that's not good for some people. So one thing I'm most definitely going to focus on if I if I have to decide between a player and even my initial looks is looking at the bounce back. Um, not saying that it's unlikely we get a bogey-free round, but they're playing some pretty damn good golf if they don't get a bogey here. So... Uh, that's the. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, usually the cuts over par on, on what we haven't seen this year so far. Um, but just to, just to highlight one thing you de- did say that wind last year was so brutal. Um, on average, Muirfield probably ranks in the top thirty in terms of difficulty annually. Yeah. But last year it put it into the top fifteen, I think. Yeah. It, it was, was like thirteenth overall. It was thirteenth. Mm-hmm. And um, when the weather gets that bad, that that's just some of the issues that 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 you have to deal with but yeah man it's i'm i'm really excited for the weekend i looking to see what goes on i can't wait i'm pumped let's roll into this thing all right so he's two putts from victory only needs one Ooh, got a member's bounce there boys that's birdie all day long this takes us to our birdie or better segment where zach and i look at the golfers from our top tier range the 11 and 10k range all the way down to the 7k range and we pick our best plays our favorite plays to help you win your gpps guaranteed prize pool Ooh. i'll be going big on sunday zach the 11 10k range you kind of already highlighted it last week we didn't need to them to win the top Prize, but this week's a little bit different. This this is obviously a more competitive field. 
11-10k range, who do you like? Yeah, this is actually the first week since we resumed the season that the model spits out three guys in the 10Ks that are ranked 1, 2, 3 for me. Usually it's been a guy in the 7Ks, like Corey Connors or someone in the 8Ks. Uh, this week, far and away for me, at number one, and I, I just can't find a way to get off of him, and I know he's going to be over-owned, is Patrick Cantlay. Uh, last 50 rounds, he grades out number one. He's number two in ball striking, four in JR's gain, five in approach, six in good drives, four in par, par four, 450 to 500 scoring, and 10th. And strokes gained par five. So he's top 10 or top five. Pretty much every stat that I'm looking at on Bankrass courses. And oh, by the way, he won here last year, got fourth the year before, and 35th in 20, 2017. And he's coming off an 11th uh, a week ago or two weeks ago at the Travelers. I mean, he's playing good golf. He's got a history here. The course is going to be easier. I just, I know he's going to be over owned, but so are a lot of these guys in this range. I fade JT at 11 plus, and I go start my lineups with Cantley. I really like Cantley as well. Um, I, I think right now between him and JT and maybe some of these other guys in the low 10s, 9s, that Cantley could be the most popular. He obviously fits this course well, has the course history in terms of um, winning here last year and then fourth place in 2018. The only concern I have, and it's more of just like, you know, uh, an idea and concept, it's hard to win tournaments back-to-back on tour. Do you want to throw 10-6 at Cantlay? Now he can pay off, obviously, with DraftKings scoring. is very different than it is in just winning a tournament. But that that that's really my only reservation is if if I draft one of these players in this top-tier range, are they going to win? Um, or at least are they going to be a chance to win on Sunday? And we saw that with Webb Simpson this past weekend. He just didn't, you know, didn't, he didn't fulfill his potential. Cantlay can do the same thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, I'm gonna go with a different approach this week, this year. And if a guy in the 10K is grades out, 10K plus grades out number one, and he looks this good, I'm just gonna play him, and I'll find ways to differentiate elsewhere. I'm not playing the ownership game on the number one guy this week. I'll find a way to differentiate in the 6Ks. Well, key thing to highlight in the last 24 rounds, Patrick Cantlay ranks number two in the field in DraftKings scoring, and that's obviously something that you want. 16th in approach and. 36th off the tee and 27th in the short game, 16th in ball striking. So he's obviously got the numbers and metrics there. But I think a guy that is almost a pivot in this range, and he's he's smack in between JT and Cantlay is Johnny Brown. Uh, blow up potential, man. It's a mental game. He's past the mental game. We've seen this. No, I don't know about that. We've seen this. He's past the mental Not this game. this year. Give me, give me, not this year. What has he done this year? Nothing. Well, it's been a weird year. Okay, first of all, it's been a weird year. And what's he done this year? Second at the Farmers, ninth at the Waste Management, seventeenth at the Genesis, third at the WGC Mexico. Hey, hang on, hang on. Since the break, since the break, he missed the cut. He missed the cut at the Schwab, (laughs) and he looked okay at Heritage and Travelers. He finished thirty third and thirty seventh. It's Johnny Rom. You know, we've been saying the same thing about a lot of these guys. They're coming back into form. What are you going to argue? Like JT was tenth, eighth, and then missed the cut at Travelers. Yep, not playing him either. I'm just saying, Johnny Rom. If you're gonna get ownership, like if he's gonna get suppressed ownership, and be less than fifteen percent, nope. Bye. Don't care. Bye, bye, bye. Don't. Nope. I'm telling you, don't, don't get fancy. There's no reason to. There's no reason to. Rom isn't anything. Nothing. Nothing. Did miss the cut here in 2017. Forewarning you. 
No thanks. Why? Why? Why do you want no genre? I don't want anybody else. I mm, actually, you know what? I do have another guy I like in the 10K range, but I've since changed my opinion because what you said is like maybe a minute ago. Pick a guy who is in position to win on Sunday, and I forgot. I can't play Hideki. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I, and I have him with my other 10K guy, and as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, wait, that's right. He can't win, so never mind. All right. I, I will say this. There are, there are questions that arrive uh, arise in Johnny Rom's game, and that's basically being around the green. If he misses his fairways in a bad way, he's going to have to be good around the green. He's going to have to scramble. Now, he does rank 22nd in the last 24 rounds in scrambling, which, eh, 22nd in the field's not bad, obviously, but overall third in my model. I like John Rahm. I think he's a solid play, especially at suppressed ownership. You need pieces of him. If you're not going to play him, at least bet him, right? Sure. Okay. I, I won't disagree with you there. So, so you, you know, you cover your bases anyway. Yep. Um, anyone else in the 10K, 11K range that you want to mention? No, I was going to play Matt's. Grades number three for me, but I don't think he can win. I just don't. That's the thing. Matt's grades out so well, but he's got real golfers here with him. Can he win? I don't think so. But he always grades out well on courses that he fits, and then he just doesn't close on Sunday. He just doesn't do well, it. Well, he can't putt. But you don't have to putt here. That's the, that's the only thing that makes me like, ah, maybe he can get by. It's short. The greens are really small. You still have to putt. I mean, you look at the course history here, though. It, first place in 2014, fifth in 2015. Um, missed a cut, then 45th, 13th, and 6th. And he's made cuts. He's got an average finishing position here of 14th place. Um, it's not bad. Over the years so far, he's averaging 23rd place, which ranks 22, 22nd in the field. Of course, some of those guys only have one you know, tournament metric. But six of seven made cuts. Since we gotten back since the break, missed that cut at the Heritage, but looked really sharp at the Rocket Mortgage. But again, the putting hurt. He had so many opportunities to play better. Um, I like Matsuyama, but I agree. Can he win? On Sunday, are we going to be sitting there kicking our ass because we're going to be pissed off that he didn't win? I will say this. Looking at just the metrics and the win percentages that like I kind of calculate, he finishes third in that. And that's okay. At a shade above I think, I think shade above six percent. By the way, you know who's number one in that? John Rahm. Don't say oh, God John Rahm. John Rahm. Johnny Rahm. Johnny Rahm. I mean he's Johnny priced Spire. at ten K, so I mean he doesn't Johnny have Rahm. to win at ten K. Johnny Rahm. Right? He doesn't have to win. Johnny Rahm. Johnny Rahm has to win at ten nine. Mats doesn't have to win at 10K. He can get second or third and be okay. Right, he can. But you can't go above him. You can't, like If you draft Matsuyama, you got to hope you got the winner somewhere else. Right, right, yes, exactly. Yeah, I won't be playing Cantlay and uh, Mats in the same lineup. I'll tell you that much. All right, so, um, you know, looking at the rest of this range, I could see an argument for uh, for X. I see can I can see an argument for Brooks and I can see an argument for JT. Um, the question is, do you want to shell out that money? Brooks, you're almost definitely gonna get ownership leverage, but the things you have to worry about with Brooks Kepka is the fact that is he actually going to care this week or not? And you just don't know what Brooks Kepka's gonna show up. Are you gonna get Heritage Brooks Kepka or are you gonna get the Schwab Brooks Kepka, right? 
the one that's just kind of right. there to just play golf. Um, I actually think Kepka is a sneaky play in terms of if you're looking for leverage in like an, in a multi-entry. Most definitely get some pieces of Brooks because I, he might be single-digit ownership, maybe. Yeah, he's. I don't know. I can't get on board. Well, he doesn't grade out well. He's middle of the road yeah. in approach. He, he's he's not that good at putting this year. Overall, if this was next week, I would cross him off completely. But if it's, easy, it's an easier course, maybe he shows up, or maybe he misses the cut on purpose because he's already there. See, that's what I worry about. Guys are already there, and it's like, who cares about this week? Whatever, go out, dick around, learn the course, and then have a whole week to figure it out for next week. And you're already there. No travel. These guys need FedEx points. Brooks? Maybe not Brooks, but... That's that's my concern with Brooks. And, like, Brooks and, like, Xander. A couple of them. There's a few. Like, Sunday doesn't really... You know, he doesn't care, but... Uh, there's a few that could use it. But not these guys up top. No. Not the guys up top, but... Maybe Ricky. Ricky's not up top. Well, yeah, it's close. All right, so let's go. Let's let's move on. Let's go to the nine K range, which is so tiny. I know. Which is weird. You normally get like about five to eight golfers in this nine K range. Maybe eight's a little bit much, but the golfers in this range scream, basically. Ricky Fowler yeah. is not going to yeah. get owned. That's it's you got Justin Rose, Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, and Ricky Fowler. Yeah, and Ricky Fowler's not going to get any ownership. And Fowler looked good last week. Granted, very easy course. Um, you look at his course history: twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen, three straight missed cuts, but then a second place in twenty seventeen, eighth in twenty eighteen, and fourteenth in twenty nineteen. Ricky Fowler questionable course history in those first three years but then after that figured things out here has the experience uh one thing i liked about last game was last week was his approach game um the only thing that really kind of hurt him was the putter kind of cooled off and we all know historically that ricky fowler is a great putter i am going to roster ricky fowler this weekend i have a lot of confidence in fact in my confidence rank confidence eighth overall so, and at 9K, gives you a lot of options to become unique in your lineup build and construction. So. No, I don't hate that at all. I love Ricky this week. I think it's fantastic. Par 4, par 5, ranks grades number 1. Lots of 50 rounds for me on bent courses. So, sure, I'm in. All right, so is is Hovland just going to be DFS chalk this week? I think so, and I, I think I'm going to lean towards Morikawa if I if – I don't play Ricky. It's going to be Morikawa. And I, I think he had last week off. He burned a couple people the week before that, missing the cut. 64th week before that. You know, a second you know, way back. And then he's never played here before. He's got no course history. But he can come out and hang with the big boys. I mean, he plays well on these types of courses. It's easier. Yeah. If I, if I have to go with somebody, he ranks number five for me overall. Uh, 9,200, I think, is it's about right for this field. But... I like. I'm gonna to have to go with him over Hovland. Oh, with with Morikawa, I yeah. I think that he came back to the Schwab and got second place, right? And we talked about this. Mm-hmm. I said like I think that's gonna mentally affect his game, and I don't know if that was 
what happened, but at the Heritage, he he just was not as sharp. And then obviously missed the cut, the Travelers, whatever mm-hmm. the stress of, of everything that's going on with COVID-19. Morikawa finally got the rest. I'm on board. I agree with you. The guy's an elite player, one of the best young players in the game. He, he has an impeccable approach game. In my approach model, he ranks eighth in the field. Okay, in the last 12th, he ranks fourth. Last 24 rounds, ranks 11th. Last 50 rounds, ranks 18th. And that includes, you know, a variety of approach factors and proximity factors. Morikawa looks good. But Victor Hovland and Justin Rose are either better or not far behind in that overall approach rank. Like, Rose is fifth, and Hovland is 13th. And remember, JT or um, Justin Rose is now playing with the, ta- with the Taylor Maids again. He's not sure. playing with those crappy-ass PXGs. That's true. So I think all 9K guys are viable, but for leverage purposes, I most definitely will lean ownership-wise towards Morikawa and Fowler. Uh, I don't think that fading Hovland or Rose is wise. No. I, I mean, they're both phenomenal plays. It's just mix and match. I mean, play them both. Build a 9K lineup with a bunch of 6K guys. Sure, there we go. 9K, 9K stars and scrubs, right? I like it. One thing you do want to be concerned about with these 9K guys, though, is Victor Hovland and Morikawa do struggle with the bounce back factor. So if they do bogey, um, don't necessarily expect to birdie the next hole. Morikawa and Hovland in the lower tier of that. Also, on top of that, Hovland only ranks 42 in the official world golf rankings. So just a couple factors to consider when thinking about this 9K range. All right, the 8K range, tons of names. Tons of names. Kick it off for us. Um, Jordan Spieth, I think we need to talk about. Uh, he's been, you know, he looked good at Schwab, and he's kind of petered out, making like two finishes in the 60s and 50s, and then didn't play last week. But, you know, he's got history here, and as bad as he was last year, he still managed to finish seventh. I mean, he's been looking pretty awful last year, and then he popped out of nowhere, finished seventh at the Memorial. And this should be a little bit easier. Uh, he's gotten third here in the past he's gotten 13th 19th he's only missed a cut once in the seven times he's played here uh he grades out terribly like just beat blood red he grades 112 in my model overall over the last 50 rounds but i just think that takes into a, a consideration a lot of courses where he's not as comfortable not as familiar and was just playing bad uh i think he'll go under own this week especially after taking off last week after two mediocre finishes uh, I think the heat's off of him. He's got the history here. It's playing easier than it used to. I'll take some stabs at speed this week. At, you know, he's a little bit overpriced, in my opinion, 8600 but even better to lower his ownership. I love that call because it most definitely, definitely does not pop on models. And he's, he's just going to be a sleeper. We're looking at sub-8%, right? That's crazy. Probably sub-5. He's a little expensive. Sub five, well, sub-5%. Well, of course he's expensive. You can go to the Terminator. You go to Patrick Reed. Go grab a donut. You know, and and just below him with Kucher, Neiman, Woodland, Adwin, Wolf, whatever. Um, but you're absolutely correct in your assessment. Like any model is going to put Jordan Spieth as a is kind of like a mediocre to bad play. Um, one interesting factor for me is that in my simulation, which we need like a computer gadget to be like, um, nerds. So I'll just do it for now. The my simulation model. 
81 DraftKings points, average finishing position of 15. One of the top birdie getters in the course. Um, oh, variety yeah. factors, like there's tons of variety in the in the simulation model. Not perfect, but it does simulate this tournament over 200,000 times to mm. give you those numbers for Jordan Spieth. I like Spieth. You don't need a lot of them to get leverage to the field. $8,600 is expensive for Jordan Spieth, but again, leverage, leverage, leverage. The guy could easily top 10, and he pays off at 86. And he's a he's a phenomenal bent grass putter. Like even if he just can't gets it on the green and needs a putt to seal it, like he, he can make it. On all these small greens on bent grass, this is the one where he can pull it back. And the other great thing is he's putting the driver away. Yes. Oh my god. I yeah. I, didn't, I forgot all about that. Absolutely right. Yeah. I'm so like. Old. Give me the three wood. <laughs> so, give me the three wood. So let me poke it in the fairway and uh, let me play to the strengths of my game where. I work on approach and around the green and putting and just work, work, work it, work it, work it, work it. Work it. Right. I want all the money this week or I missed the cut on every lineup. That's what's happening. Who knows what will happen. All right. I so. have too much, too much beef now. Oh, well. <laughs> Guy we need to talk about, Terminator. Mm-hmm. Missed the cut at the Heritage. 58th at the Travelers. 53rd at the Rocket Mortgage. Terminator's doing what he does. He plays in every gotch darn tournament out there. But what the hell was he doing for six to eight weeks? Not. Yeah, I think he just crashed. That's it. Like, that's what I'm worried about. Is he actually crashing? Like, the thing we always talk about with him, is he crashing because he's not playing golf? He's got a routine that he just has to. If he follows the routine, he's good. As soon as you deviate from that, it just all falls apart. So, I'm hesitant to play sung jay but most definitely i'm going to just because his recent form is going to just scream lowered ownership plus at 8900 people are not going to want to play him when they can go in alternate routes and play different players i think sung jay is a leverage play i don't necessarily think he's a core play by any means but most definitely get him in your lineups yeah i'm gonna pass on sunday this week and i i get the leverage play part of it but my all my leverage is going to speed this week. It's going to be one of those weeks for me. All right, who else do you like in this range? Uh, he's chalk, so we're going to go from speed to chalk. It's Woodland at eighty three hundred. I think he's uh, quite underpriced for me overall. He grades out number six, uh, and that's because ball striking on his last fifty on bent grass courses, he grades out third. Approach is fourth. Par five scoring is eleventh, and then JR's game he's thirteenth. Uh, he's done. Up and down here in the past. The last couple of years, not too hot. 52nd, 23rd, 49th, uh, but then a fourth. He's also got a sixth way back in the day. Uh, coming off another week of rest, which I do like. Some guys coming off uh, some rest after being cut the week before. Uh, but they, he did have a ninth at the Schwab. So when we started the season, he was looking pretty good. Uh, start Restarted the season, I should say. Started pretty good, but then kind of petered out. Uh, but I like guys that have taken the week off and had a chance to focus and kind of re, re, realign themselves with what's really going on. Uh, and he's got the stats to kind of back up his history in these types of courses. I think he'll be a little bit overrun. I don't know how much I'll have of him, but I do like Woodland at 83. I have a hard time rostering Woodland just because anything that, that happens to him that's good, he doesn't react. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's true. like, it's like when did he win? When he won the the uh, the US Open, it was like the most unenthusiastic win I've ever seen at a major. He's just like, yeah, thanks. Just yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I'll take my trophy. 
yeah, Woodland's going to be cheap or chalk, but I don't think he's going to be as chalky as, as Neiman. That's true. And, you know, Neiman's the type of guy that, like, he's a great golfer, but it, when's this shoe going to drop and he's going to show his, like, hello, I'm, I'm still a young golfer. I still make mistakes. I don't know if it's here, um, but he did have the week off after finishing 63rd at Travelers, 5th at the Heritage, 32nd at the Schwab. Past performance here, obviously he's going to raise ownership with a 6th place finish at 2018th and 27th and 9th in 2019. So he can obviously compete here. He's, a, he's an elite approach player. I'm just concerned about ownership here. All these guys that we're talking about have high ownership. Um, not that you have to say, okay, I'm not going to play a guy because they're highly owned, but you're going to have to make some stance, you know, take a stance somewhere. And Neiman might be the guy for me where I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll pass and, and pay up for Kucher or I'll go up to Spieth. Like you said, for leverage, um, I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with Neiman. It's kind of like when I start building, I'll have a better idea, but great play. I don't know if I want to have pieces of 24%. Joaquin Neiman. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going to, if if I'm just going to slam Cantley in everywhere, I think Neiman's the prime fade where I'm just going to skip him altogether at 84. You're right. He's going to be too much. So it, it, if, if ownership shakes out to where he's only like, you know, 12 to 14, 12 to 16%, you know, I'm good. But I I, th- I just see Neiman being one of the chalk donkeys here, upper 20s. Oh, for sure. So yeah, um, if that's the case, I'll, I'll go elsewhere. Concur. Another guy I like is Kucher. Uh, he's talked about countless times how much he loves playing this course. He's actually kind of let us down DFS-wise because yeah. we were really into him in the Schwab and really into him at the Heritage. He missed the cut at the Schwab and 41st at the at, at the Heritage. I hope it's not this old age thing um, and everything like that, but he's he's really got impeccable course history here with a 15th, 26th, 4th, 4th, 13th, and a missed cut. Um not really too concerned about the miscut last year, considering how well he was playing last year. Um, average finish of 12th place here, ranks 4th in the field. So far this season, average finish at 24th. Uh, the thing I like about him, he's got he's ranks 26th uh, in my approach model, but 12th in my putting model as well. So Matt Kuchar is an elite play in that regard. Other than that... Dead to me. You know, other than that, like... He's he's hopefully going to give you solid golf that he has done consistently in the last 24 rounds. It doesn't look that good. But um, birdie or better gained, even though he's been playing kind of mediocre to, to subpar golf, he still ranks 19th in the field, and birdies are better gained. And then plus 28th in strokes gained par fives, which the winners here get eagles, man. And not saying that Kuchar can get you eagles, but at 8,500, if he can top five it, I'll, I'll take it. I see your reasoning, but he's dead to me. <laughs> Until he can show me that he's cooch, the cooch. No, I, I don't know. It don't look right. But then isn't it too late? That's fine. I'm not, I don't want him this week. I don't know. I just, I guess an easier course, a chance to redeem, uh, easier than normal course, comparative to the Memorial, I guess it's a chance to redeem himself, but... He's already struggling, throwing a course that historically plays harder. I don't think this is the one where I want to get on him and hope that he turns it around. Okay, fair enough. Um, anyone else? AK range you want to talk touch upon? Nope. I pass on everybody else. All right. Well, you got anybody? I like Fitz. 
I'll just mention Fitz. I, I'm gonna have pieces of him, and then I think um, it's more of a gut call than anything like anything else. I think Bubba Watson's up for a, a bounce back spot. After, I think it's a good, good spot for him. He plays well. I know here. he plays great here. So after two missed cuts, it's gonna be you know it's gonna greatly suppress that ownership. Um, but we'll see. You know who knows what Bubba's gonna be like this weekend, but probably sub five percent. Got to get some Bubba Watson in there, especially in MME. All right, the 7K range is vast and large. 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 Topped with Benny on. Yeah, it's my boy. That's I got him on my list. All right, go ahead. Kick it off with Benny. Uh, I, I like it. 7,900 is a little bit high, I think, for him, based on what he's been showing us so far since we returned from the break. Uh, 40, took the last week off, 46th at the Travelers. You know, missed the cut at the Heritage, 60th at the Schwab. But, you know, looking at his history on the Memorial, 17th last year, second back in the 2018, 25th year before that, and 11th year before that. I mean, four straight years in a row where he's made a cut on a historically very hard course, despite, you know, what his lead-in form is or what's going on. He took last week off to get his head straight. Um, even just looking at, you know, his last uh, 50 rounds on these types of courses, he still doesn't pop off the on the stat model. Grades out 42nd overall. Um, he has his struggles, but, you know, take his... His off the tee game away. Uh, he's got an all right putter on these kind of surfaces. He's shown the ability to play here and and really have runner up two years ago. Uh, I think he's in a weird price point and he should be lower. His ownership's been trending down uh, since the return from the season, so I think he goes under owned as well. Uh, so all those things combined, I will have a fair share uh, of Benny on. I don't know how much yet, but I think I at least will match the field. Depending on where it's at, if it's five percent for sure, uh, I may even trickle up towards nine or ten percent. Cool. All right. Fair enough. I, I mean, I, not I, stellar. I, I, not stellar. But I, I mean, don't think you know, I think Benny On's a great player. Like he fits the course so well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if his ownership is higher than kind of like what people are looking at right now. I know I'm projecting him currently. Uh, and it's early in my projection system at, at probably about 11, 12%. I think it's going to be higher. Oh, I think Ben, really? I think Benny on's going to be closer to, you know, when it's all said and done on Thursday, probably like closer to 14, 18%. No, no. Uh-uh. Oh man. Just, I mean, look, just at wait, just, just wait, just doing. wait, just wait. They're all going to talk about him. It's been plummeting. It doesn't matter. His- uh, he's been he's done nothing, and then like you got, got like common players will look it up and be like, oh, there's no history for this tournament. They won't see him in that stuff. Benny On's got history at this tournament. No, no, there's no such thing as this tournament. The workday doesn't exist. Well, not this tournament, but at the memorial. Yeah, but I think I think some I don't know how much what the percentage is, but common just load up a lineup, look at the course history, tournament history. There's nothing to look at. People are They'll sharper than that. Please give them some credit. Uh, I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying there is a percentage of people that will just roster guys that have done well in previous tournaments named the same thing. I'm willing to bet that the people who listen to our show are I'm, smart are smart enough to realize... I think smart people listen to our show. I don't disagree. I'm just saying, in general, that lowers ownership because there are people out there that won't do that. We'll see. I, I, I think Benny... I, I cannot... I, I would be shocked if it's above 11%. Okay. Well, I mean, get your jaw dropping. You're about to be shocked, all right? 
That's all I'm going to say. We'll see. All right, so I, the guy I want to mention here, he lost almost two strokes putting mm. last weekend. Lost almost six strokes on approach last weekend. And off the tee in round one, lost almost a stroke. Tee to green was minus seven strokes gained. Tee to green. That was round one. That's some great, great lead in form we got going. That was, that was round one. Now round two. <laughs> 1.2 strokes gained putting, 0.7 strokes gained around the green, 1.07 strokes gained on approach, almost two. You talking about Sky Scheffler? I'm talking about Sky Scheffler. <laughs> don't we? It could only be, it could only be him. I was like, that's, that's bad. It's gotta be Scheffler. Don't we have to? Do you though? I mean, what has he done? I mean, yeah, okay, he was bouncing back last week, but like, what has he done? Missed the cut two weeks in a row. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Man. He's plus eight thousand, so he's twenty second in the field in terms of Vegas. So, I'd rather bet him than play him. I. I mean, he, he's never even played here before. Like, he has no idea what's going on. Oh yeah, he, he just has no clue what's going on here. It's just like, I mean, like, what, what, the, no what the fuck is that green thing? <laughs> Different type of grass. He's probably all fucking confused. Who knows what the hell's going on? I'll admit, Scheffler's been way off, but he's just, like, even on the year, he's been way off, right? You know, his best was yeah. the American Express finished third, but then two missed cuts. Um, coming back after this break, 55th, two missed cuts. What, what were you. It's a leverage spot, right? You don't need a lot. Sure. Give me some Scheffler. I don't think I'll end up in my three max. Obviously, I'm, unless I'm really risky, put him in a single. But got, I can't just fade Scott Scott Scheffler. I can. <laughs> I'll bet him. I mean, I get it. 8,001 8, pretty solid. But I just don't see it. I don't see it. All right, so this this seven k range is loaded. Uh, I mean, just with great golfers like you're looking at Joel Dahman, Jason Day, Coke, Billy Ho, uh, Billy Ho, Harold Varner the third, Poulter, Maverick McNeely. Yeah, we can go on and on and on. But of these guys that we're looking at, all right, just name two that you need that we haven't talked about so far. So we talked about Benny on, we talked about Scheffler. Looking at the rest of this seven K field, who do you need? Two that you need in your lineups. You're building the three max. Oh, two, I have three, but I'll give you two. Uh Corey Connors, I'm still on the Corey Connor hype train. And he came off the he came into the break looking like ass. Came out of the break at the Schwab looking great. nineteenth, twenty first the Heritage. Missed cut the Travelers took last week off. Love it. Plays well on bent grass courses. He grades out number four in my model. The last three times that he's graded out five or above, uh, he has finished in the top 20. For 7,600, I will take it. He's good on drives. He's good on GR's gain, ball striking, and approach. All within the top 10 for his last 50. 65th here last year. Or I'm sorry, 60. Yeah, five. I can't read. 65th here last year. Um, not that great, but I think he's playing better than he was last year completely. Um I'm on the Connors hype train still. I, I think this is one that he could take down if all the stars align. Uh, he's in for me. Second one um, is a different one for me, and I, and I don't know. I think he's just a one good putting event from a win. Russell Henley at 7,300. He grades at number 10. 
Uh, to me, he's top 20 in almost every stat, uh, especially sixth in strokes gained approach. He's played here numerous times. He even has a sixth way back in the day when he first started. Uh, 29th and a 33rd previous years. Got 32nd um, back at the, uh, at the RBC Heritage. I just think he's, a, he's an interesting play here on an easier course uh, that he has history at doing well. Those are my two. They're kind of off the wall, uh, but I will be a lot heavier on them than most of the other in the field. I like those calls. I, I, I'm with you on a lot of them. I, I think that they're not necessarily essential plays, but um, they're solid plays. And the Corey Connors call is going to be a sleepy call. I, I do like I that. So. Um, similar to that Corey Connors note, I'm going to go with Maverick McNeely. And he's been your boy this year. Uh, he's helped me greatly. He's playing great golf this year. Like you can't, you can't deny that. Now, normally he's not a guy I would say like, Hey, let's invest Maverick McNeely at 7,500 bucks. And, and that's fine. Like, but he's only missed one cut this year and everywhere else, other than the heritage, he's been in the top 40. So, and plus that he's got, he's got a 15th at the farmers, fifth at the AT&T Pebble beach, 11th at the Honda, 32nd at the Schwab last week, eighth place at the, uh, at the rocket mortgage. He's playing great golf. He's getting a lot of FedEx points here. Maverick Neely is, is figuring things out. And my simulation model has an average finishing position at 33rd. I like the plus minus for that. Now, where McNeely becomes dangerous, I got him at about 50-50 to make this cut here for this tournament yeah. specifically. But if he does make the cut, we got a good chance to top 10. And that's what I like about McNeely. Um, I think he's a high-risk play, don't get me wrong, but he's someone that's going to make those must-play kind of get him in your builds lineup. So, uh, Last guy I want to mention. Think about it. Cool. It's not Chingale and it's not Grio. I'm not taking that bait. Uh, I'm not taking that bait. Before before we move on to number two, I do have to say that Grio was my th- my number three because he's done so well here that just proves you don't have to be a great putter. But go ahead. No, you don't. You don't have to be a great putter here. Ninth, twenty third, fortieth, and eleventh past four years. He loves those small greens, man. Yeah, I, I I think I think he's a great play. But I think you're going to choose. Ooh, you said not Billy Ho. I like Billy Ho. Can't be, can't be Keegan Bradley. It's not Keegan Bradley. Is it Bud Colley? I was going to go with Bud Colley, but it's not Bud Colley. I'm going to go with Mr. No History here, and that's Ian Poulter. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. For sure. I mean, how is he priced this low? I, I, that's my point. Ian Poulter at $7,500 is ridiculous. Especially, it's not like, it's not. he's not even hiding in this field. No. And I think because he doesn't have, you know, since coming back from the break, he hasn't flashed Ian Poulter, you know, an Ian Poulter round. 29th at the Schwab, 14th at the Heritage, 64th at the Travelers. So he hasn't missed a cut since we come back from the from COVID. Never played here before. I'm not worried about it. They have the easier course set up this weekend. Um, even Pol- Ian Poulter for 7,500, he's got to make your lineups. I just feel like if we're living in a simulation, this would be the biggest trap. It's not a trap because it's not. It can't be. But I mean, it just doesn't seem. I mean, he's priced below the same as McNeely. I mean, I get McNeely's playing good golf, but come on, Ian Poulter's better than that. Ian Poulter's way better than that. Now, where the trap will come is next weekend when Poulter top tens this weekend. <laughs> That's true. And they boost him up to like seventy eight, seventy nine hundred next weekend. That yeah. That's when the trap's gonna come. 
I would agree 100% with that one. But other guys in the 7K range I want to mention, I think Shane Lowry's kind of figuring things out. He might be a stab that you want to throw some MME targets at. Obviously, Tringale um, playing good golf right now. Damn, I could have made my monster last week. The fucker finished 30th. Fucker. <laughs> hey, Kyle Stanley, don't don't sleep on Kyle Stanley here. Last three years, cut second, sixth. And he knows the course, 7K. He was going to be my monster this week. That's the only reason I bring him up. Uh, Max Homa, Bud Colley, Matt Wallace, we kind of mentioned those guys as well. Uh, Keegan Bradley, yay, nay, first-round leader. What do you think? Uh, I mean, first-round no. leader bet, right, Keegan Bradley? No, I'm so fast. No, I, to- I, I see. I can see why, but I, he, I don't know that he makes my cut, my car, my bet card. Uh, you got me interested. I'd rather just go with Sepstraka because it can happen. No, Sepstraka can't happen. It always Sepstraka won me the most money on first round leaders last year. That's true. See woo, see woo. Ah, uh, yeah, I could go. I could get on some see woo. Troy Merritt. Why not? Yes, because he's done all this for me as well. All right, so some interest, not some, but some. Seven K ownership obviously could be a pre- uh, suppressed because there's such a vast amount of great golfers in here. But I would say that your highest owned are going to be Joel Dahman, obviously by name and how well he's been playing. HB three because he's HB three. He's repping the Jordan brand. Um, he's always very popular. Streelman, who I think is a little bit underpriced, yeah. but seventy eight hundred. He's yeah. going to be over owned. And of course, Benny on, I know we kind of argued about that, but um, that is where the majority of your 7K ownership is probably going to go. All right, man. That's all I got. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. All right, so this is the cut line signature segment. Can't do it, won't do it, where Zach and I take a golfer who's going to be having double-digit ownership this weekend, and we can't play them. Can't do it, won't do it. I love this show. I do too. All right. (laughs) Double-digit ownership. I don't think there's a lot, but there's plenty of options to pick from. Who are you taking? Who can't chip John Rom. John fucking Rom. I don't even have to wait. I don't have to think about it. I don't even need to pull up anything. John Rom at 10.9. I had to look at his price because I forgot because he's just that bad. Ugh. It's just criminal. That's criminal. You're going to make people pay almost 11000 of your salary dollars for a guy who hasn't done better than 33rd in the last three weeks. It, it, wh- where is it going to come from? On a harder course... He can't even do well on easier courses. A guy who has blow-up potential, I don't care what anyone says, you get in this guy's head, and he just fucking falls apart. No. 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 Absolutely not. Can't do it. Not. Just. Stop. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I can't. End scene. I can't wait. I can't wait till he wins. No. Not happening. Oh, it's gonna happen. Who's yours? Who you, who who makes your list? 
Well, I think we're both in agreement on this that JT makes the list just because of his price. Yeah. Um. I don't think the winning lineup comes with Justin Thomas in it, and that's that's really basically where it comes down to. And you look at his course history here, just at the Memorial, he does have three missed cuts in the last six years, and. I know that there's a lot of factors in JT's game. He's even said that he loves playing this course. But Justin Thomas can't do it, won't do it. I, I'm not going to shell out $11,100 for Justin Thomas. No. There's no reason to. There's just, I mean, there's the, there's so many good guys everywhere. There's no reason. No. Um, my last can't do it, Adam Hadwin. Oh, interesting. Adam Hadwin most definitely fits this course in terms of like if you if you were looking at like the putter factor, but I mean his approach game is just like it's suspect, it's questionable. You can look at his course history at the Memorial, it's pretty bad. And a lot of people are gonna ride him because he finished fourth place at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, right? But mm-hmm. I have no interest in playing at Adam Hadwin, especially at double digit ownership. We're looking at like seventeen to eighteen percent ownership. My confidence, confidence ranking, he's only 62nd. My overall stat model, 97th. I, I, no, thank you. Can't do it. Adam Hadwin. I, yeah, I like that. That's interesting. You were on him last week, weren't you? I was. I thought so. Yeah, that's it. That's a good flip. I like it. A little reversal. But I agree, 100%. Anyone else? Uh, yeah, I got one. Uh, a guy who has good course history here that I just want no piece of and I never do. Uh, Patrick Reed at 8,800, I just think is insanely overpriced. Uh, I don't care that he's got a 29th, a 57th, an 8th, and a 26th. I just don't see Patrick Reed coming out here in this field and doing well enough to pay off an $8,800 price tag. I mean, last 50 rounds on bent grass, it's over 100 on GIR's gain. I mean, come on. The greens are pretty small. If you can't, if you're not in the top 100, I'm not paying 8,800 for you. You're, you should be below your price tag. I don't want anything to do with Patrick Reed. Can't do it. But didn't Reed burn people enough last weekend that... Yeah, he was, he was on my shit list last week, too. I didn't want to play him either. I, I just I don't care. I don't, I just, care. I I don't just know did. if he gets to that double-digit ownership. You don't think so? He's been double digits all, all the way back to the API. He burned a lot of people. But he was 20% owned. Burned. He'll drop down to like burned. 12. I think he'll still be 12. He, He's it, a good bet grass putter. He's got course history. I mean, I think that'll boost him up enough. But I want nothing to do with it. Okay. I, I mean, I can see that. I don't think you need to go to Reed this week, this weekend either, but... I mean, if his approach game is on like it's been all year, he's got a top 10. Get the fuck out of here. Dude, look how good he's been playing this year. He's got one. I mean, ugh, I don't know. We came back from the break. He top 10 the Schwab, missed the cut. That's 24th it. at the Shra- Travelers, missed the cut. If anything, we're looking at another great finish for Patrick Reed this weekend if we follow that pattern. Oh, don't suck. Oh, you're patterning me. That was, That's my thing, damn it. I'm just pattering. Pat, pattern. I was about to pattern a, my monster. You, you beat me to the punch. Well, whatever. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I think other than for me, it's JT and Hadwin. I, I don't think these double-digit ownerships, I have anyone else that I, I just need to fade. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. I could see the argument being made to fade Streelman at seventy eight hundred. I get that. That's just a price thing. I don't like yeah. I don't like playing seven thousand dollar chalk and Streelman's yeah, gonna be I high. I agree with that. Um maybe Joel Dahman. Yeah. I gotta agree with that too. So depending on where ownership shakes out, we'll we'll see with those seven K guys because I don't like paying up for chalk in that range. So fair enough. <laughs> Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut. Miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> a monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. Well, here we are. Zach's. Here we are. Zach's segment. The MG Monsters in Guarantee. The Martin Pillar effect. Boom. Where Zach and I will pick a monster, a 6K player to finish in the top 25, and a guarantee, a 6K player that we guarantee will make the cut. I'm going to make this very easy for everyone. You need a player to guarantee to make the cut, whether it's a GPP or cash lineup. My guarantee is Jim Furyk. Jim Furyk is $6,900. Dude, I have him only missing the cut 38% of the time. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, Jim Furyk should still be in the low 7K. I don't care what they say. I get it. He's not going to win tournaments anymore. He should be on the old man's tour, whatever the case should be. But, I mean, it, it was last year he finished 33rd. Jim Furyk, guaranteed to make the cut. I get it. Playing rough, coming back. 49th at the Schwab. Missed the cut at the Heritage. 54th at the Travelers. Way different courses. Way more difficult. Jim Furyk, man. Guaranteed. I don't disagree with you on that one at all. I think Jim Furyk's a great play. I do like how you failed to mention that I went two for two last week. Uh, I, 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 passed, I, I skipped that on purpose. Uh, aha. So, if anyone's keeping track at home... I'm now two for two. It's two to zero. We are back on track. I'm going to reclaim my 6K throne. So with that, I do agree with you, Jim Furyk. I'm going to go with a guy who is 100% making the cut here this week. And I don't know how he's not in for 7K. He grades out terribly. He looks awful. But he's still made two of three cuts this season that he's played in. Or this return of the season that he's played in. It's Pat Perez. Never missed the cut here. Never. Ever. Going all the way back. Like 11 years. Patty P. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's a softball. He probably misses the cut this week, but I guarantee he makes it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All things considered, I mean, how, I mean, 100%, that's tough to maintain, but I mean, come on. He's look, he looks all right. Two, two top 40s. Yeah, he looks good. That's good. He looks okay. I'll say. He's all right. Yeah. He knows how to play here. He obviously likes it. Pepper S. Pepper Monster time. Pepper. It's monster time. Monster time. All right, go. You're, you're oh. Mr. Um, 6K. I'm the monster man. Go ahead. I am the monster man. And this week, we're going to go back to your pattern analysis. We're going to go four four years back. We're going to go way, 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 way back to 20, what we got? 16? 
He got fourth. 2017, missed a cut. 2018, 13. 2019, missed a cut. So, for 2020, we are due at least a 25th or better finish. Uh, he has not played since the return, and he hasn't played since the Genesis, way back in February, uh, where he didn't do too good. But before that, he had a 14th at the AT&T Pro-Am, a 16th at the Waste Management, a 16th at the Farmers. So he was already top 25-ing, took a break, ready to come back fresh, plays on a course that he's done well in the past, 6,800, doesn't grade out well, will come in at probably sub 2%, 3%. J.B. Holmes, 6,800. J.B. Holmes. Man, he's going JB. He's burned me a lot. He has burned me a lot as well. But I just I feel it, feeling it this week. Okay, all right, fair enough. I am going to go, and 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 I don't love it, but I like it. Is Vaughn Taylor? Oh, what's not to love? I got him at forty-five percent chance to make the cut. Uh, less than 1% chance to win, but almost a 9% to top 10. Wow. Okay. Reasons I don't love Vaughn Taylor. Well, first of all, his approach game is abysmal. And you need a solid approach game here to be successful. Um, but missed the cut at the Travelers, 52nd at the Heritage, 100 missed the cut at the Schwab. You look at the course history here at the Memorial, it's just terrible. Um, but it's just, it's just, it's Vaughn Taylor, right? He's 6,900. He's a solid... Uh, I'm regretting this already. I was like, you're talking me off. I, you know, when he said his name, I was like, I can see that. And I was like, oh, wait. Uh, uh, God. Uh. <laughs> uh. Uh. He's probably throw a dart and get somebody else. Well, no, I'm sticking <laughs> with Vaughn Taylor. Fuck that. All right. And in data golf skill projection, he's he's at .602, which is positive, which is uh, it says a lot compared to these other 6K golfers. Um, if I had to pick somebody else, which I'm going to, just to hope <laughs> I get a guarantee, right, oh, or a geez. monster, I'm going to go with Tom Hogue, 69. Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting I, I think he fits this course style historically. Um, and... Did miss the cut at the Rocket Mortgage, but in 2018 at the Memorial finished 13th. So Tom Hogue, he'll be my other monster. That's fair. Oh, I'm going to be down four. Fuck me. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I guess I have to throw out another monster, don't I? If you took two. I mean, you could go Duffner, who's who just has no, great no, course no, history no, here. No, no, Graham no, McDowell no, is 6,600. He ranks in top 50 in the world golf I'm rankings. I'm going Kyung Hoon Lee, 6,300. Kyung-Hoon Lee. Nice. It's, that's going to be wild and crazy. I have like literally nothing to back that up other than he got a 37th here last year. And he's coming off his first made cut since the return at 45th last week. Um, so he figured it out. If he can hit his ceiling, uh, I'm going to throw Kyung-Hoon Lee in there. From a bounce back perspective, Aaron Wise, who's basically disappeared off the PGA map. Um, Russell Knox comes into play. Bryce Garnett. These are all bounce back types of plays. Carlos Ortiz, Bronson Burgoon, no thank you, James Hahn, Stuart Sink, Sam Burns, Bermuda Burns. Sam Burns might be a solid player. Um, and uh, Wierenski. These are all bounce back plays. If you guys are going to look at the world golf rankings, Graham McDowell ranks 49th, Sung Kang 55th. You don't really have anyone else in this 6K range that kind of fits that mold. 
when looking at just recent form in this 6k range your best bet most likely is going to be norlander with a 12th last weekend and a 41st in the travelers the weekend before i will say that michael thompson has not missed a cut since we returned from the COVID. and looking at this 6k range anything else that shines is duffner we kind of mentioned his course history here which which is really elite let's not lie like it is yeah uh except it's sam Ryder. it's duffner <laughs> sam Ryder, steve stricker that's really it that we haven't mentioned that i've got some interest in maybe some ct pan um vegas wise furick and in thompson come in at the same point but in terms of like top 10 percentage i think the only one who's double digits is furick for me after that it's vaughn taylor nick taylor Munoz, Steve Stricker, Hogue. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how this shakes out. Obviously, no one is going to listen to me now and play Von Taylor because I just was really fucking convincing on that one. Min price punt, Kevin Stadler at 6K. I, I do have some interest in. Historically, he's top 25 this thing almost three times. So way back, like six, seven years ago. But just throw that out. Nice, nice. Uh, is Chase Kepka playing this weekend? He is in the field. I believe he is. Okay. He's 6K. You never know what that guy's going to do. This is true. Uh, All right, man. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. That's all. Same course. Same channel. Next week. It it is the same goddamn course next week. So it'll be interesting how everyone's breakdown comes down and how much pricing is going to be affected by this week. And that's gonna wrap it up for our the cut line and our analysis of the workday charity open. Please make sure you check us out next week as we break down the memorial at the same course, the Mirrorfield. I want to thank you, the listener, for spending the time with us, and we wish you the best in line of construction. And oh, we hope, hope, hope that you guys grab a win this weekend. Can't do it in the contest, Simon. No, can't do it. There. Zach, I want to thank you for contributing to another excellent edition of the Cut Line. On point as always. Thank you so much. Gracias, gracias to you, señor. You can find Zach on Twitter at EaglesFan83. I'm Mike Cavalumis. You can find me on Twitter at Lunas on Twitter. You can also find the cut line at T Cutline. Again, a special thanks to PGA, PGA Tour, and Fanshare Sports. Get those birdies, eagles, albatrosses, aces. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get some wieners. Winners. Go and get him.